0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the BreastCancer.org podcast. I'm Jamie DiPolo. I'm the senior editor at BreastCancer.org, and I'm thrilled today to welcome our guest actress, Aniela McGinnis. Aniela knew she had an abnormal BRCA1 gene. She had lost her mother to ovarian cancer in 2013. At 31, Aniela was three days away from her appointment to schedule a preventive double mastectomy when she was diagnosed with stage 1 breast cancer. Just before her diagnosis, she created My Breast Choice, a lifestyle blog and YouTube series that looks at the impact of preventive double mastectomy. She then, after her diagnosis, she shifted the focus to cover how breast cancer, double mastectomy and chemo can affect a woman's body and soul. You can find her site online at www.mybreastchoiceshow.com. Aniela uses hum- humor and honesty to talk about more than surviving. As she says on her site, mainly I needed something to focus on while I went through this, a place to release my creativity and feel useful. Welcome, Aniela. We're so thrilled that you're here. And Thank you. um, so I have to ask you the the website and the video series on YouTube. I've watched several of them, and they're amazing. So how? I mean, you you started when it was just going to be a preventive thing. Yes. Um, what? So what, what sort of sparked this idea in your head?
1: Well, I, my mom had passed away from cancer, and I knew that I had the genetic mutation. And it's really hard to make that final choice of I'm going to remove healthy breast. Like, and I flip-flopped back and forth. And I finally was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going I'm to do it. I psyched myself up, uh, and I decided I was going to do a documentary to force me to do it.
0: Aha! So once you told people, you kind of had to go through with it.
1: But I had to go through with it, and so I was in the process of figuring out how to do a documentary, which, come to find out, was way harder than figuring out how to get a mastectomy. <laughs> There's
0: something wrong with that, but that's another there subject.
1: Really is, and so I was like, you know what? Let me let me take a break from this, and I shifted the focus to instead of just being a YouTube series. I'm like, I can do YouTube. I can I can make it very present, I can make it now and so I can have the interaction with people as I'm going through this. So I was, I created the site and I started filming stuff for YouTube, like mybreastchoice dot, you know, YouTube and it was, you know just, you know, going to show the psychological process of deciding to remove healthy breasts and then all of a sudden I got diagnosed with cancer and I was like, oh so I filmed it, I actually filmed that call because I didn't think It was actually going to be that response. And I just, I wanted to kind of show inside of this and come to find out I started showing a lot more than I thought I was going to. Well,
0: and that, that was actually one of my questions. I'll just jump ahead to that. That (laughs) call, that video that you, so you taped yourself getting the news from your doctor that the results of your biopsy showed that you had cancer. Mm -hmm. That to me was one of the most raw emotional amazing pieces of video I've seen because it's really clear that you're really upset not uh, absorbing anything the doctor is saying and you just want to get off the phone so you can fall apart and your doctor keeps talking and so you must have like when you first saw it it must have been really scary but now like after reflection what do you see when you watch that
1: well it it was actually really funny um filming that because i didn't tell the doctor that i was filming this i um afterwards it's actually a friend did the voiceover for me so i could just give the doctor some anonymity sure sure (laughs) sure i didn't want to put her out there sure um but it's funny because as well like i've had other people say that going you know i wish this doctor would have just gotten off the phone (laughs) (laughs) and i don't fault the doctor in any way oh oh,
0: no i'm not faulting because clearly she can't see she doesn't know right she does
1: and um it was a situation where i in my head you know you get that phone call you know you know you find out you have cancer and you replay that in your head over and over and over again, and it becomes really warped, but you don't know it does. And I thankfully had it videotaped. So I had, like, two days later, I sat down to edit that so I could tell everyone I had cancer because that's how I told everyone. Oh, wow. I <laughs> posted that video. Uh, yeah, I'm a little mean. Um, so when I watched it the first time, it was two days after, and it was just as devastating. Because I could see my face, and I could see myself breaking down. Yeah. And then I had to step back and act like the editor. And take apart the, the audio and separate out her voice and my voice. And it gave me a wonderful perspective because what i was saying was everything was okay everything's fine and so i could hear what the doctor was saying which was or hear like hear what the doctor was saying and hear what i was saying and hear what she heard which was that i'm fine right yeah i'm fine yeah and unless you were there you couldn't see my face and the two differences between what i was saying and what i was feeling were so (laughs) worlds apart Mm -hmm. um And it allowed me the opportunity to listen to her objectively and realize that she did not give me a death sentence Mm -hmm. like in my head I thought she had but she was telling me that this is very treatable and all these wonderful things that I was finally able to actually hear and so it was such a wonderful blessing to have recorded that and gone back to listen to how much I had personally warped that in my mind that conversation and how it was nothing like what she actually said
0: well and i know on your website too you compare it to the teacher in the charlie brown series like mm-hmm. wah 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 and i imagine i we've had other people tell us that it's that way for so many people everything just shuts down and all you can hear is you have cancer
1: mm-hmm.
0: and now i'm curious did you play this for your
1: doctor I did send it to her cuz I wanted it cuz it's in my one-woman show. So I wanted to make sure to get, you know, to let her know afterwards be like, "Hey, I filmed this." And she if she'd be okay with it and she she preferred to stay and not like she, you know, I I straight up blindsided her. I'd be mm-hmm. like, "Hey, just so you know, I filmed this and here, watch this really horrible thing." <laughs> um so I mean, in all honesty, poor thing, like I She must have been traumatized when I sent her that. Uh Because I don't think she knew what it was like on the other side. Right. Really. Right. And out of the blue, I kind of sent her this video link. Like, hey, this is what this looks like. Um, So she preferred to still stay kind of, like, anonymous. And so I did send it to her, um, and she was kind of quiet about it.
0: Okay, I was just curious. Because, you know, you got to wonder if maybe – over the phone isn't the best way to do that. I don't know.
1: I actually, for me, I have to say that I was glad it was over the phone.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah,
1: because if I had had to stop, take time out of my day, drive over there, then find out I had cancer, how the heck was I going to get home? <laughs> like, okay. I ne- I wouldn't have brought anybody with me. I would have thought it was like, oh, they're just having me come in. I really did not think I had cancer, so I wouldn't have been prepared. And this way, I at least was home. And, um, I, once I found out, I immediately, cause I had a panic attack the moment, mm-hmm. like after it ended, cause I watched my mom die the year before, like sure. I held her hand when she died mm-hmm. of cancer. And so all of that just kind of floods you, mm-hmm. um, your preconceived notions of what this means. And so I walked out my front door and turned right and went straight to my neighbor's house and knocked on their door and was like, uh, uh, I had oh. cancer. <laughs> oh, so, cause there was no one home right. and I couldn't call like I might like I just had shut down so badly that I just needed somebody to be in physical contact with me, sure, who knew me and who loved me, and so I went straight to my neighbor's house
0: that's that i mean that it's just amazing that you have that because I wonder how I don't know just if everybody could have that how if things if they would remember more or like you say it would lose some of its importance like they wouldn't be so traumatized if they could reflect back on that later but that it's Honestly, just, it was an amazing yeah. thing an well, amazing. honest
1: reflection on it because yeah. there is reflecting on it which is just yes. ruminating yes. and then there's really having what happened uh, was such an eye opener. I realized that my, I cannot trust my own mind. Yeah, well, <laughs> no and
0: yeah, and it really hits home too. Because one of the things we tell people on our site is take somebody with you whenever you go to a doctor appointment, because you're you're gonna miss things, you're gonna forget things, you're gonna be upset. So that was the other thing I thought about when I was watching the video. I'm like, yeah, you need somebody there because clearly you're not gonna you know you're not gonna comprehend everything that the doctor's saying, and some of it is really important. So yeah no that was that I watched that and I was pretty amazed it was very very interesting so you're just you're full of very amazing things because you have a photo series about your double mastectomy that is pretty brilliant and so where did that idea come from
1: (laughs) I was in the process of planning the double mastectomy so like preventative
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I was still in that preventative mindset and when I was looking up photos of before and after it was all the same and not that there's anything wrong with those stoic photos that are black and white and a rose next to somebody's breast and no heads uh, yeah or the before and after from the medical yeah, so right no heads headless women fluorescent lighting mm-hmm. um, so those were my two options you know, fluorescent lighting, headless women, and very stoic black and white photos. Mm-hmm. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I wanted to do something different. And I didn't know, I really didn't know how it was going to be perceived. Because I didn't know people would think I was being flippant with <laughs> the experience, and at the time when I just was getting a preventative mastectomy, I think it might have been perceived that way. But thankfully, I got cancer and it gave me way more street cure.
0: <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> but go ahead, sorry.
1: But yeah, but it's one of those, ways. like, but in all, I really do feel grateful that I got it because I never had to wonder if my preventative mastectomy was the right choice. Oh, well, I guess that's uh, true. Because I, I never would wonder, oh, well, was I not going to get cancer? No, I ended up getting cancer and come to find out, it was definitely the right choice. Mm hmm. And so this was my, this was kind of just my little, uh, my art project to keep me going and give me something fun to do for each stage. Like each stage, which is, has its own, Crap that goes with it I was like I'm gonna at least know I'm getting I'm gonna look forward to these photo shoots
0: because you have a new persona to take on with each mm-hmm. stage so for those of you who haven't seen it the first one is the pre-surgery and you are Rosie the riveter we yes. can do it we can beat this topless, and though. topless yes <laughs> real
1: boobs. My, that was my like I want to photograph my real boobs so I know what they look like after
0: and then um the post-surgery I'm not quite I don't remember quite how long after surgery it was the Bride of Frankenstein.
1: So a couple weeks weeks. like I just had the drain bags removed.
0: Okay and so there's a lot of scars although the only real scars and stitches are the ones in your breasts but Mm -hmm. that was an amazing photo and then we go to the mannequin is that right? Mm -hmm. So so that's that's after chemo. chemo.
1: Okay. Um, Expanders are fully expanded so these big hard plastic knockers (laughs) with no nipples.
0: And no hair. (laughs)
1: And no hair and I look like a mannequin. And I was like, this is just I did things that made me laugh. I'm like, this makes me laugh. I'm do this. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't know if anyone else would find it funny. But I'm like, I find this funny. So
0: You're Right. And then what was there? there was one with rubber nipples. Was that the next yes. one?
1: So that's the final one, like the final reconstruction. So you can see the breast with the, you know, um permanent implant. And then I decided not to get my nipples reconstructed. And there was a part underlying feminist agenda on my side to show that I could have a photo with breast, with nipples, and as long as the nipples were not on my breast, I could have this photo all over the internet and no one would censor it. And so there's this like slight underla- like I was like, <laughs> "This is ridiculous, people. This is, this is ridiculous. Free the nipples. Right. I keep in mind, prior to cancer, I never would have been topless. Like I really like before doing all this, I was not someone to go topless, but now I'm like, topless, three nipples, (laughs) this is ridiculous.
0: So you don't get any issue because you don't have nipples, so you can go topless and it's not a big deal.
1: Completely, and it's funny because it ended up getting picked up, the photo series got picked up by a lot of different uh, news organizations. So it ended up in like the Daily Mail and... Buzzfeed, Huffington Post, Cosmo, a bunch of like places like that, mm-hmm. and some some were really cool and actually posted the before photo uncensored, but a lot of them censored it, and it was it became its own uh, its own issue in the comment section where people were pissed that it was censored. Like this is ridiculous that you would censor the pre-breast and not censor the post-breast. Right, uh, just the hypocrisy was so like it was glaring in that moment. And so I, was like, I thought that's
0: kind of fun. <laughs> you little dig at society,
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with boobs. Right, we should not be ashamed. Or more, women or more
0: specifically, boobs. nipples. <laughs> yeah, because clearly very it's the nipple. nipples. Yeah, that's the that's the problem. That, so, throughout all this, it's really good to see that you have not lost your sense of humor, <laughs> and it, clearly that's what are the things that you said helped you get through this? So what, I mean, you said before that you didn't want people to think you were being flip, um, with the humor, does that ever happen? I mean, clearly it helps you a lot. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I think there's a certain part where we think people are going to react a certain way and they don't. So there was where I didn't know people would think I was going to be, I was being flippant and come to find out actually, the comments and response from everyone has been wonderful. I think I've had two negative comments in the entire thing, and the this photo series has been viewed by over a million people by this point, and I've had two negative comments. That's pretty incredible. Which is incredible for the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very proud of the internet. For that <laughs> Yay, <laughs> internet. Yay, internet. <laughs> um, so where I thought people might find it to be flippant, I come to find out a lot of the responses are actually women who are going through this who are saying, thank you. Thank you. They wanted humor. They wanted to be allowed to laugh. Mm-hmm. And there's a part where we almost are too scared to laugh at this. Like, we're not supposed to. We have to be, this is a serious topic. And mm-hmm. It's cancer. Right. We're not allowed to make fun of cancer. Right. And it's like, yeah, we are. Right. Yes, we are. And it feels good to laugh at cancer. So... Uh, so yes, yeah, come to find out, my worry about being flippant, nobody cared. <laughs> That's great.
0: Well, and like you said too, especially I, I keep going back to the the mannequin photo. I mean, that has to feel funny and weird, and you have to kind of laugh at yourself with with no hair and giant boobs. And you know, it's obviously it's a phase, and it's not going to be like that forever. But it is kind of funny when it's happening.
1: It is, and the amount of things that I realized I look like, like Halloween is coming up, mm-hmm. uh, and. It, this is the best time of year for cancer patients and chemo patients like embrace it oh my gosh you're gonna get no other chance like halloween to just dig it i mean just go all out especially as a woman i mean the things you can do i saw one woman dressed as breaking bad she did a goatee and the hat and i was like oh my gosh this is brilliant Um <laughs> uh, the level of joy you can have for Halloween of just sticking it to cancer is like no other.
0: So what are you going to be for Halloween this year? I'm,
1: I'm going to be... Um, I'm Furiosa from Mad Max. <gasps> ah. So, Because I, I have the buzz cut now. Sure. And so I made the uh, mechanical arm, but my piece de resistance <laughs> for the entire thing was I end up getting an LED strip and I got a bra from the thrift store and I cut out the front cup of it. And I attached in the um, LED strip, and it has a remote to make it flash. And so I'm going to have the one breast exposed because I have no nipples, and I can't be sighted for it. <laughs> and I'm going to put it on flashing mode. So the entire thing lights, like my entire breast lights up and glows, while the other arm is a mechanical arm. So it just looks like some weird robot. Uh, nice. I'm going all out. Who's yeah. going to say anything to me? I had cancer.
0: Right. Can't I, mean, say- I- are you going to post this? I can't wait to see it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be on Instagram. So it's, it's happening tomorrow night. I'm dressing up tomorrow night. Okay. Um, so if this posts later, it's October 30th. I am dressing up. And if you go to my Instagram, at Aniel McGee, you can actually see my light-up single-boobed Furiosa.
0: <laughs> I love it. I'm going to be there. I'm definitely going to be there. Um, so to close out, tell us a little bit. You've got a one-woman show yes. that you basically are sticking it to cancer. And so is that now i know you're based in florida correct yes. and so is are you going beyond florida with the show is what where are we with that
1: i am um i filmed it and am in the process of making it into i'm calling it a documentary just because i don't know what else to call it maybe it's a docudramedy <laughs> i,
0: I <laughs> you can come up with a new word i it's I think a docudramedy
1: that's, okay um it is the one woman show which includes a lot of footage from my process, and then, you know, this live show, which is about an hour long, that we are in the process of editing together to allow that now to live on its own. So it can go to other states, and it can go to other people, and it can go inside your home. And I don't have to keep playing cancer. Um, So... So that's where we're in the process of right now. We're in the process of editing it, fundraising for the editing of it, um, and just you know, one step at a time, figuring out. I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> at all. I have no idea, and I figure one step at a time, we'll figure it out and get that out to people so they can so they can see it. And I mean, I play cancer in it. Like I actually, I play everybody. But at mm-hmm. one point, like it's cancer and I are talking to each other, and cancer's like, "Yeah, how you doing?" <laughs>
0: doing good cancer's an old guy from brooklyn or something
1: exactly he likes he likes titties (gasps) nice (laughs) very
0: nice so there's no um like you don't even have an estimated completion date for the editing or anything like that uh,
1: i I was hoping to do the end of the year but i have realized that you can have things done fast cheap or good and you only get two of those (laughs) and since since i got no money uh, which is why we're fundraising We are on the, and I want it to be good. So we are on the good and cheap, which makes it slow. Got it,
0: got it. (laughs) Which is absolutely. If we got money, it'll
1: be fast (laughs) and good, and you can guys get it faster. (gasps) Otherwise, you'll have to probably next year.
0: Okay, Um, well that's awesome. well Aniela thank you so much for talking to us today I really appreciate it I have probably 500 more questions that I would want to talk to you about so I'm hoping we get you to come back perhaps at the end of the year if it's time Mm -hmm. for the um, show if the show's close to coming out that would be great Um, again we're talking to Aniela McGinnis she has a blog called My Breast Choice and you can find it online at www.mybreastchoiceshow.com she's also on Instagram as she says so if anybody out there looking for a Halloween costume, definitely (laughs) check out her Instagram page. Again, Aniela, thank you so much.
1: Uh, Thank you.